Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose steadfast love endures forever. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. O Lord God, we bring before you the cries of a sorrowing world. In your your mercy, set us free from the chains that bind us and defend us from everything that is evil. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Now it's time for our children's message. In the first reading today and in the psalm, we heard about human divisions. And then we get to the second reading, and I'm going to reread the little caption at the top. For Paul, baptism is a powerful bond that unites people not only with God, but with other believers. Those who call themselves children of God experience a transformation that removes prejudices of race, social class, or gender in favor of true unity in Christ. I really couldn't say it better. (laughs) And I wish that we could all live that way more openly and and really live that unity. Um, But today I do want to talk about that unity that we have through baptism in Christ. Paul goes on to remind us, as many of you were baptized in Christ, you have clothed yourself with Christ. And the children's prompt for today was to talk about what we get baptized in. And if I were not so pregnant, I would have gotten on the tall shelf and grabbed down Victoria's baptismal gown, um, which was made from a wedding dress of mine by Karen Lawfer, who is a member here, and will be used with Violet, and if Violet had comes out a boy, it'll still be used <laughs> because <laughs> that is the, the whole point of that gown is that one, it is passed on and two, it is white or it is not flashy. It isn't, it's a gown and, and boys wear the gowns and girls wear the gowns. And because again, in the reading from for the letter to the Galatians, these these lines that we've drawn go away through baptism. And it starts with what we wear at baptism. Some babies are baptized nude. We put it online, so we're not going to do that. (laughs) Um, But these garments have been passed down um, for generations, and I hope that our family is able to do that as well. And the reading, uh, then we often sing songs that have the words, you belong to Christ in whom you've been baptized, or you have put Christ, you have put on Christ, a more literal reference to the clothing itself, of ourselves in Christ. And I just can't get over this, this intro and how wonderful it is for this Sunday, for this month, for a reminder, which again, through all the generations, seems so extreme. But this is something that we've been talking about since Paul's day. 
And it was extreme then. It wasn't a matter of if you were gay or straight then. It was a matter of where you came from, if you were Greek or not, or if you were Roman. I mean, but the fact that we still have these debates, even though we're taught that through baptism we are united, and that the, those things don't matter in Christ. I did want to finish with our confession today, which really struck me. Um, in the end, it says, save us from ourselves and free us to love our neighbors. Can we all say that together one more time? Can I give a moment? Can we go back to the confession so that it's on the screen? I want to end with that because that really goes along with this baptism. And I'll be patient so you don't have to try to do it off the top of your head. I know we don't go this direction. I didn't give any forewarning. So I want to start from the last save us. All right. Save us from ourselves and free us to love our neighbors. Amen. Thank you. Now I invite you to stand and let us together welcome the gospel. <clears throat> includes foreigners and his authority extends to the casting out of demons. Some who witness Jesus' work are seized with confusion and fear, but the man who was healed is commissioned to give testimony to God's mercy and power. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time, he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. The herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. 
When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told in the city and the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to see Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into a boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Maybe seated. At a previous call in Hawaii for uh, a semester, I did an extra semester of, of chaplaincy education, and my site was Hawaii State Hospital. Hawaii State Hospital is the, the mental health hospital associated with the correction system. So anybody who was at Hawaii State Hospital was either deemed not competent to stand trial or um, not competent to serve their sentence or for some other reason suffering from a major uh, mental health issue. Sometimes well-diagnosed mental illness, sometimes not. And it was, it was a great experience. But one of the frustrations of the medical staff and psychiatric staff that worked with these patients was that their job was and is to help stabilize the patients and get them as healthy as possible, which often involves very strict scheduling and clear patterns and routines that are easy to follow, a variety of medications, monitoring, varying degrees of responsibility, but very intentional and intensive programs to help stabilize people and make them healthy. Once they were deemed not to be dangerous to themselves or others, unstable, they would be sent home, sometimes back to the very community that they came from, which we want people to go into communities that have, have uh, healthy support, but often those weren't very healthy communities. They certainly weren't communities that had adequate resources or, or knowledge or, or um, expertise to help keep that person healthy. Sometimes people were released onto the street Here's your baggie of meds, bye. And sometimes they would go into a group setting if they were really super lucky. Those who weren't really super lucky would be out for a while and then they'd run out of meds and then they'd run out of stability in their lives and then they'd run out of money and they'd start to decline and decline and decline until they committed another crime, got arrested again, sent back to jail, back to Hawaii State Hospital, back to be restabilized again.
we it costs it costs the community to care for people and, and, and you can pick any other ism you can pick you can pick ageism you can pick racism you can pick nationalism you can pick any ism i'm going to focus right now on people living with severe mental illness the expense in terms of dollars and cents of taking care of somebody with severe mental illness is devastating to most households. This is, like I said, pick, pick any ism, you, you can get a disease and all of a sudden have your savings wiped out. And it's not just about the cost of medical care, but it's the cost of all the care that is involved in helping somebody lead a healthy life when they don't have all the skills to do it themselves. And if you've lived with somebody who has almost enough skills, and not quite, it's maddening. But it's a reality, and it's expensive to help support them. So if people come from communities where that expense is not being absorbed by their family, or they don't you know, get into, luck into the right program, then what happens is the expense is borne by the community in terms of the crime that's committed. You know, certainly anybody who's, who's been burglarized or um, experienced some other crime against them. There's that expense. There's also the expense of the corrections system. It is hard for me to say corrections with a straight face. Corrections system. And the care in Hawaii State Hospital and the care of the cycle. All of that is expensive. To, to we as a society, us as a society, to households that have the resources to put someone away or to keep someone in their room or to make arrangements to have that person separated from the rest of our reality. So we have this man, the Gerasene, Gerasene, really, there's debate. Anyway, non-Jew, right, non-Jew. We're, we're across the river, non-Jew. And um, so Jesus is already going to the foreigners here. He's kept in, not only is he put in the tombs, so he's put in the tombs, he's kept there under guard. And then he breaks out, and then he gets caught and cycled back, and then breaks out. Okay, are we catching the parallel? Everybody nod, please. Thank you. Okay, so he's, he's going through this cycle because he's possessed by these demons. Anybody know what the name legion also means? It's a number of Roman soldiers, 6,000. 6,000 Roman soldiers, a legion of Roman soldiers, 6,000 soldiers. So people who would have been hearing Luke, by the way, is well, it's being written by a Jew and, and uh, proclaimed to Jewish people in the, in the 80s. It was also written to be inclusive of the Gentiles. 
So he's speaking to both. We know that there's this, there's this going outside of the national limits or the clan limits or you know, however the Judeans define themselves, religious limits, into this other group. And, but then there's this additional separation of this man who's possessed. Now, keeping him there meant that he bore most of the cost. He's the one who was there naked, tormented, day and night. When he was freed, the demons begged to go into the swine. Swine ran off the cliff, or ran into the, the lake. Which, if it, for Jewish listeners, would have been fine. They're unclean animals, but not for the Gerasenes. Those who were the swine herds just lost their herd. That's pretty expensive to them as swine herders, swine herds. Then when the man comes into the back into the community, he changes the community. Say so he's there clothed. I wonder where his clothes came from. I really do. Well, he's clothed, especially because we were talking about clothes. Clothed and sitting at Jesus' feet learning. And then Jesus says, go and tell. Begs to go with Jesus. Jesus says, no, go back. So he's going back to his community. He's going to change that community. People cannot be freed without being changed and without the rest of us being changed by it. Everybody in that story was changed. How they reacted to it varied, which is how we react to change. When other people are freed in Christ's name, if they are people that it's inconvenient for us to it's going to make us uncomfortable because it's going to require a change in our lives. Slavery, now, this was not consistent across all of the southern states. But there were states in which it was illegal to baptize a slave. Why would that have been? Because if they were baptized in Christ, and as Amanda pointed out in the Galatians, and we're freed from the slavery in the way that they're freed. And now there's no distinction. Now it's going to cost me a heck of a lot. Because my life's going to be transformed by their freedom. Slavery in the US is a good example, not just because of Juneteenth, but because we can see that the slaves being free was expensive for not only the slaveholders, but everybody whose, whose economy depended on slavery. And yet it was the right thing to do, right? If we are unwilling to recognize that there is going to be some cost in sharing the gospel, it's going to be really hard for us to proclaim it anywhere that it doesn't already have deep roots. Now, who bears the cost of our freedom? This should be an easy one. Jesus. Thank you. Jesus. Jesus bears the cost on the cross 
of our sins. But in practical terms, the community also bears the cost in that the community now shares not only our gifts, but our burdens. Whether it's done intentionally, like when we intentionally have programs for those lucky ones who got into community settings, where they could, could live their healthiest lives and have adequate support, but not, uh, not be incarcerated or shipped off. Um, that, cost us, that cost us practically as a community to provide that. Or it's going to cost us in unconscious ways as we deal with the fallout. This man had been bearing the cost of the community's need to have him be separated from them because he was possessed by a devil. And Jesus changed that. Now the, now the community has to deal with it. So when Jesus sends us out to preach, because that's what happens too, we get freed and sent out to preach. When you have a transforming moment in your life and get sent out to preach, that that calling is going to change the, the lives of those whom you encounter. It's going to change your church. It's going to change your community. Same when we do it with other people. Nevertheless, that's our calling. Picanism. Picanism. Pick a group of people that are not treated as fully united with us in Christ and wonder, A, how is Jesus calling us to act to free them? And B, how are we going to be changed by it? And how then is that something to celebrate? Because for all that I talked about with this man being changed, they now had a new proclaimer of good news, of freedom, of love, of care, of renewal, of opportunity in their community. As does happen, by the way, with people who get into a healthy system and are supported in their stability. Let us have courage. Let us have enough courage to ask God for that strength to witness, to love, and to let go. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us confess together. I, I believe in God, God the, the Father, Father Almighty. Almighty creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. United in Christ and guided by the Spirit, we pray for the Church, the creation, and all in need. Holy God, you hear the cries of those who seek you. Equip your church with evangelists who reveal the continuous call of your outstretched hands and your promises of a home in you. God of grace, hear our prayer. You hear the cries of the earth. Restore places where land, air, and waterways have been harmed. Guide us to develop and implement sources of energy and food production that do not destroy the earth. God of grace, hear our prayer. You hear the cries of those who are marginalized or cast out. On this Juneteenth observance, guide us continually toward the end of oppression in all of its forms, especially white supremacy. Bring true freedom and human flourishing to all your beloved children. God of grace. You hear the cries of those who suffer. Come to the aid of all who are homeless, naked, hungry, and sick. Bring peace to any experiencing mental illness that they can clearly recognize your, your loving presence. God of grace, hear our prayer. You hear the cries of those who celebrate and those who grieve on this Father's Day. Nurture mutual love and tender care in all relationships. Comfort those for whom this day brings sadness or longing. God of grace, hear our prayer. We give thanks for the faithful departed whose lives proclaimed all you had done for them. At the last, unite us with them as we make our home in you. God of grace, hear our God of every time and place, in Jesus' name and filled with your Holy Spirit, we entrust these spoken prayers and those in our hearts into your holy keeping. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Let us pray. God of abundance, you have set before us a plentiful harvest. And as we feast on your goodness, strengthen us to labor in your field and equip us to bear the fruit for the good of all. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us announce together. The mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. The God of peace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you, comfort you, and show you the path of life this day and always. Amen. Go in peace, love your neighbor. Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 9.30. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.